You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. All right. So I guess we'll just go ahead and get started and just flow and just go with what we have and what we know. So my name is Tiffany Grant and I run Money Talk with Tiff, which is a financial literacy financial education financial literacy platform so I love teaching people about money that's what I do I love it and I just enjoy teaching the black and brown community so we can learn more Rakim my name is Rakim Sabri and I cover financial trauma and financial empowerment for people who look like me I'm an author speaker and financial coach and I'm passionate about overcoming financial trauma Perfect. And Jonathan? Hey, good evening. My name is Jonathan Thomas. I help people build wealth and use a bank to partner with you on your way. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm on all the things. Okay. And then Kamari. Good evening, everybody. I'm Kamari Ellis, the host of the Finance Roll Show, also a tax accountant. I've had 20 plus years of tax and financial services experience and my whole goal with the financial show is to help people improve their overall financial IQs. Thank you, thank you. And I just saw Nia pop up if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Nia. I'm a personal finance educator. I drop money and home buying tips for women seeking financial stability. Awesome, awesome. All right, y'all. So this is our speaker panel for Right now, it might change (laughs) later on, but we wanted to talk about the issue with celebrity worship, and this kind of sparked from Kanye's new developments, (laughs) and we were chatting about this earlier, and I go to Facebook just to scroll and just laugh and have fun, because that's what I go to Facebook for, and then lo and behold, like, five posts about Kanye. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm going to go to Kamari on this because he mentioned this as a topic and I just want to see what's going on out there in the world today. Originally, this topic came up because of our community's love and affinity for Robert Kiyosaki. And I believe I mentioned that we have to be careful with celebrity worship especially when it comes to the financial space because it usually gets us in a whole world of trouble. But I looked up a couple of things as it relates to this, right? So there is a whole kind of diagnosis for this. And it's called Celebrity Worship Syndrome, CWS. is an obsessive addictive disorder in which a person becomes overly involved with the details of a celebrity's person and professional life. Psychologists have indicated that through many people obsessed over film, television, sport, and pop stars, the only common factor between them is that all the figures in the public eye. So it seems like celebrity worship has always been a thing, but it seems like it's an even greater thing, and you brought up Yay earlier, it's become an even more thing, and it's definitely in the spotlight now. And I just feel like we are in a whole age of celebrity worship because even if you look at Trump, his whole thing was really brought on by celebrity worship, especially because many people thought he was rich. And it it gets really, in my opinion, sad because a lot of people equate money with being right or money with being well-researched or money with having, having a real perspective on a particular issue or topic, even though they may not be well-researched. And so I've just been thinking about it. I don't really consider myself a Christian, but I do read the Bible a lot. And there's kind of guidance for this, right? The Bible says, you should have no other God before me. You should not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, on the earth below, or in the waters below. You should not bow down to them or worship them. I, the Lord your God, am jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generations. And so while we know the Bible is written in all kinds of 
allegories and different kind of stories. What will, what or what has, and what will the benefit or downfall of three generations or more of celebrity worship bring to the black community, especially as it relates to financial financial issues? I get a little concerned about that. I get a little concerned about that. Just a change. Back. I'm glad you brought up Trump not to make this political or anything by any means but it's a good example to make a point because when the election and stuff was going on and people was like oh he's a good businessman and I'm like have you checked his track record because <laughs> what I see and what's being interpreted is not all the way there just thinking about For instance the Netflix documentary I think it was called I think it was part of the Dirty Money show but they did one on Trump and just he's filed so many bankruptcies a lot of the stuff that his name is on is just licensed to those buildings and companies and stuff so it's not like he really owns any of it he's just licensing his name out because he's built his name up to the point I'm like he's a marketing genius don't get me wrong but he's built his name up to a point where people just associate success and smart business ownership and stuff like that to him, even though that's not really the truth. But like I said, it's genius marketing. They were even going into how on The Apprentice, how his office didn't look anything like that. They said it looked raggedy. It was horrible. They literally made it a set because they needed to, they had to in order to make it look good. So it's like all of that was set up just for media purposes and then everybody ate what what was given to them and so now you look at those same people now they're voting age and they're like oh my gosh he's a billionaire he's a millionaire blah 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 not really knowing the background behind it so I'm glad you brought him up because for me that's an excellent example of how celebrities or people with celebrity status can use marketing to make it look like more than what it is. Did anybody else have any comments on that? Yeah, hi. I think that your last point is really interesting because we're all content creators, right? And so maybe we're not all trying to become Trump, but to a degree, like we have audience and a certain command of that audience when we create content. I'm just kind of looking at it from macro and micro level, right? Like somebody with influ- with the influence of Trump or we talked about Kanye or we talked about Kiyosaki, like they can influence to a lot, to a much greater degree than maybe we could, but how could we then relate their, what's the word I want to use? Humanity really to to us right so like i I go in the opposite direction of celebrity worship and say what about the cancel culture that we're in the midst of too so there's two polar opposites of how audiences respond to somebody who has influence but ultimately at the end of the day the reason why we're all on these apps on these platforms are to get some level of influence does that make sense it makes sense, but I think your intention is to do help or to help and to do no harm. While I feel many of the other violators don't even care, have a concern and have no intention, but to further enrich themselves and elevate their status to, to idol status, in my opinion. Yeah, and I was going to say that too. So even though we're out here trying to help people, we're doing it from a different place, in my opinion. Like you can tell the influencers that are all about the money. You can, I can tell at this point, but. Sales funnel, boy. Yeah, you can tell in my opinion, at least I can now, I guess since I've been doing it a little bit, the influencers and stuff that are just about the money. If you look at the content that's being created, it's a lot of sensationalizing or just 
trying to sell lifestyle versus actual education, if that makes sense. I don't know. In my opinion, I get what you're saying. But for instance, I don't do what I do for likes and for notoriety. I just do it because I want to teach people something. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even pay attention to a lot of that stuff for a while. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, the it's interesting just how it happens, but the whole content creation, social media, over especially since 2020 when everybody was locked in to the only thing they could really do was watch YouTube or whatever. But one thing that has become apparent is like all the people who have shows like The View and even athletes who weren't necessarily the tops top rated superstar athletes now they have a voice with their podcast to do analytics and things of that nature but even in that more is becoming brought to the surface and the forefront of the difficulty and how much money they don't make and for so long if you saw somebody on tv and you see them everywhere through marketing or anything of that nature you oftentimes or the public opinion would be that oh this person my influence or what i see in marketing they make money and so when somebody like C goes to the mic or MC Hammer goes to the mic talking about they bankrupt, they're sitting there confused because they're like, how are you bankrupt when we sent you in the videos, we sent you, we seen you doing all this and that, but you don't have it. It's still beyond a lot of people's comprehension that what doesn't necessarily translate to dollar. Followers don't translate into dollar. Some people are just really funny doesn't mean that they're making a lot of money on behind the scenes from yeah and just to add on to that just a quick example I interviewed a former football player today former NFL player and one thing one point he made was he was like yeah there's so many different salaries on the team he said a big difference between somebody making six figures like a hundred thousand a year versus somebody that's making seven and eight figures a year so he's the a common misconception is that all pro football players make a ton of money he was like it's not all of us <laughs> there's some in the like multi-million dollar bracket and then there's some in like the six-figure bracket I think what happens is a lot of times things get over sensationalized and not just talking about celebrities but going back to influencers and all types of stuff and really all you're seeing is people's highlight reels so then you start associating oh they must be successful because they have this that and the other or they must be rich because they have this that and the other but you're not seeing the behind the scenes of any of that I don't know I say take it with a grain of salt (laughs) the stuff that you see on social especially and via the media and just to stick on the media real quick another example when the whole George Floyd protest and all that stuff was going on I was out there on the street protesting okay in my city and (laughs) I was like okay so let me set the scene real quick we're on one side the SWAT team and everything is in front of us now everything was peaceful There was nothing going on. Like, literally, we're all just standing there staring at each other, okay? The lady from the news station, she was like, oh, and I didn't know because I was just live on Facebook. So, apparently, she was telling everybody that it was getting crazy. We were rioting, all types of stuff. And mind you, this lady is standing, like, a few feet away from me. So... I didn't find out until people was on my live in the comments like, hey, Tiffany, she's saying it's getting crazy out there. Be careful. You okay? All of that stuff. And I I panned the camera around. I'm like, everything is fine. But it also made me realize in that moment that this is the type of stuff that goes on. And so from that point on, I don't even watch the news anymore. I don't even participate in media anymore because I saw firsthand how things can get twisted and lied about. So that's just my two cents on those things. Mass media is the devil. They twist and change things for their convenience because they have to sell advertising. And it's so sad because it's like people were really believing that we were rioting and we were 
the bad ones and we were about to go to jail, like all types of stuff. And when I panned the camera around, people were like, what? It's literally nothing going on. And I'm like, that's what I'm telling y'all. It's not even how they're portraying it, but this is what happens all the time. And so anyway, it's just, it's very unfortunate. But to that point though, right? I think it's because they just did a whole new documentary. I won't say any names, but I think it's important to mention that many of the riots that transpired were initiated by antagonists, even sometimes the police. But it seems like a lot of people... Oh, I can give you another example, speaking of that point. (laughs) So I was on another march, okay? And we were like two blocks away from... We have an International Civil Rights Museum, okay? We were probably about two blocks away. Somebody smashed in the front window. And so the news was saying it was us. Because like I said, I'm on live. I usually go live during these things. The news stations were saying it was us. So people were in my live. Oh, what happened? What's going on? And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? So then they told me what was being said on the news once again. And I said, oh, shoot. Like once we get around this corner and get to where the museum is, All hell's going to break loose. And so come to find out later on, and the news outlet did correct themselves afterwards, but it was actually an antagonist. It was actually a white supremacy group that actually did it just to start something. And so it's just really interesting how things shake out sometimes. So anyway, let's get back to the celebrities, though, because we kind of went on a tangent with all wrong in media but let's get back to celebrities so another so a hot button apparently is Kanye I'm like I don't know really what's going on but apparently he's been saying stuff in true Kanye fashion and I'm seeing like mixed comments about it some people are like yeah he's fighting against the Illuminati and then some people are like what is he talking about And some people are like, (laughs) I don't know. It's just craziness going on. So what are y'all's thoughts around that? So I'll say this. There's a great poet. uh, One of my great poets said, Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. Cole made you feel empowered, but he's not your savior. Future said, get a money counter, but he's not your savior. Brian made you give, give him flowers, but he is not your savior. So a lot of people that feel that gay, is being attacked by the Illuminati have replaced them as their savior or his their savior, whatever. And I feel like a lot of it's crazy. But I feel the part that's really getting missed about this is his anti-blackness and all of this. Where he literally went on air and said that George Floyd did not die in the hands of police with his White Lives Matter shirt, whether he was trying to make a point or not. If you go back a couple of years ago, he used to wear the Confederate flag, his MAGA hat, saying Trump was his daddy. There's a whole litany of anti-blackness that Kanye has spewed, but it seemed like everybody's only focused on, including the media, is DEFCON commentary, and DEF meaning not DEF, D-E-F, but DEF, D-E-A-T-H, about the Jews. And while I can't back Kanye for anything he said because of his anti-blackness, in my opinion, I don't understand how people don't see through the malarkey and all of it either. Interesting. Let me go to Ronnie and then I'll say my thoughts on that. Yeah. So how's everybody doing tonight? So I was going to touch on exactly what Kamari mentioned in terms of the anti-black rhetoric, but I won't stay too much on that point. But one thing that you didn't, that you forgot, Kamari, was that he said slavery was a choice. He actually said said that too. So since he's been making all of these crazy statements, I haven't really been too much kind of in tune with them and following them. I don't know, I guess disappointed a little bit because he used to make great music. But what I think is happening, if I have to be honest, I think that he's trying to roll something out because I think Kanye is selfish. I think he he wants to serve his own interests. I think he may have some clothing, some some business move that he wants to do, some record that he wants to promote or something like that on the back end of all of this stuff. 
Because if you look at his past actions, every time he does something crazy, he try to give us an album or give us some new Yeezys or give us something else. Every time he tried to do, do something crazy. But I think he just used us to promote himself and build his brand. Then he can go ahead and make the sale. So I, I'm over him a little bit. If I'm being honest, I don't really want to hear too much from him. He's making himself look silly. I mean, he's losing a lot of contracts and agents and things like that because people just can't take all of the rhetoric that he's spewing right now. So that's my take on it. Yeah, for sure. And like I said in the group, I haven't really followed Kanye since his mom died because I feel like he just went off the deep end. But it's interesting that he had a whole anti-Black campaign, I'll call it, because it was probably for marketing purposes, I'm sure. So like a whole anti-Black campaign. And now he's doing like an anti-Jew campaign because he already wore out the black one <laughs> so now he's going to another demographic no the anti-black one has not stopped he's still saying oh. the same stuff oh okay so it hasn't stopped okay yeah i don't know i feel like he lost it after his mom died and i don't know what's going on with him but anyway rock him yeah so i've never really been a kanye fan until recently and what I mean by that, when that documentary came out on Netflix and it went through like the different phases of his, we'll call it a success, right? It was, it was done in a way that inspired hope. And so I was like, all right, maybe I've been sleeping on Kanye all this time because like I said, I'd never really paid attention to him. And then he started doing the things that he's been doing. So Kamari's question was like, why can't people see through the malarkey and his buffoonery? I think that people want to believe in him. And that in a way, because you want to believe in him, you, I don't know how I want to say this. You're just, you, you kind of want to look for the best in them. And that's why I think he's able to still play with, like, the emotions in particular of Black people. Because I've looked at the divide on Twitter and other social medias where there are people who are, like, going super hard to defend him, to call him an innovator, a genius, uh, down with the cause or whatever. But then also people who are like, all right, come on now, Kanye, get over it. And I agree with what's been said, too. I think he definitely has some narcissistic tendencies i believe minted that he it does he has i think bipolar or some kind of medical psychological issue and he's like a big kid playing with all of his toys right like he has so much money it's a billion dollars is an unfathomable amount of money and so he feels like he could do whatever he wants whenever he wants to whoever's expense and he's I hate to say it but he's not wrong like he's being successful at doing just that I would say I think this is a great case study in the making because there's plenty of reports about Trump being a billionaire but there's many people saying that he's not a billionaire and if you look at a lot of the new court documentations they say all oh, that is inflated so I'll say all this to say that Kanye didn't quote unquote reach billionaire status until the Adidas deal Again, a lot of that is estimates. And so what happens when everything else falls apart? Does he go to billionaire to does he go from billionaire to millionaire status? And yeah, it's like boo-hoo for hell, who cares? But I think it does make a great case study to see how you can self how self implode what you will believe to be you've made it and you've got generational wealth already set up. Yeah, and I think I was reading in one of the articles when I was just trying to read up on some of this that he even said, like, <laughs> to, of course, the people, but talking about Adidas, and he was like, yeah, I said this stuff, and they're not going to do anything about it. So he's, like, real confident 
and that his deal with Adidas is not going to go anywhere, which, I mean, if he was making them so much money, and they just released new Yeezys on Sunday in the midst of all of this. I was reading that there was like a hashtag on Twitter that was going viral or whatever about just boycotting Adidas or what have you, but still, still dropping shoes and people are still buying and selling them. I don't know. It's really interesting. And I wanted to go to Mawoli. I'm going to get it right one of these days. It's all good. It's mild. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's funny because as much as I say that I don't want to pay attention to all of that, all of the Kanye news firestorm, it's like it happens by accident. And because I don't care for any of the celebrity drama. Uh, As a musician, I appreciate some of his music (laughs) in the past, but but the personal life and the marketing, I I think it plays into a lot of what Kamari was saying, honestly, that big media, big time media is, it's a beast. And Kanye's playing the game, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, there's a specific part about him that enjoys the attention. I watched a documentary on Netflix. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but that's not the same Kanye. You actually did see a progression of him being hungry at the beginning of his career and then how it's transitioned. Uh, we're not even talking about some of the personal issues with his, his wife and the whole relationship situation and the kids and all of that. But I, I do think it, it's, uh, it may have something to do with what Ronnie's saying. It's related to some product, products dropping and he's playing the game. And media needs sheeps and a lot of people are comfortable with going on social media and just that's how they entertain themselves throughout the day they might comment on things like this and speculate and it gives them something but i just don't think it provides enough value not for me (laughs) not for a lot of people and some people just fall into the trap and just but um, i i don't i want to say i don't give it any attention but somehow i know all of these little bits and pieces unfortunately yeah it sounds like me and you are in the same boat because like we were chatting about this briefly before tonight and then lo and behold I get on Facebook and like I said boom Kanye posts and I'm like what the heck is going on but I never keep up with this stuff but it's if you're on any type of social media you're going to see what's going on like it used to be football every Sunday I don't think people are watching football like that anymore but it used to be football every Sunday you didn't even have to watch the game you knew who was winning everything that was going on just by going to social media. it Media does its job, which is to influence and to get information out there. And unfortunately, is if you're not aware of what's happening and how it works, it can pull you in and not be such a good channel. So thank you for those comments. Any other comments? I know, Renita, you just joined. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to hear Juanita's space because she kind of lived in the media. I joined a little bit too late <laughs> to be able to contribute. Let me listen in first. No problem. I'll say this. I think Ronnie is absolutely right. Everything's a rollout these days. So this is definitely for some marketing scheme or to get out of some contracts. But it's at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of I can definitely see that. And I mean, we all know that lifestyle marketing and like selling lifestyle and how things are like, for instance, when I think it was Rakim posted that tweet and it showed the video of him going back and forth. Was it Piers Morgan? Is that who it was? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, him going back and forth with him and he was like, I don't listen to people that make less than me in this than the other. That was marketing genius, in my opinion. I guess it was marketing genius, but I would love to know what he does when he goes to the doctor. But I guess we know he doesn't listen to certain doctors because he doesn't take his medication. So <laughs> Yeah, that is so funny. But yeah, I just feel, I don't know. With that video in particular, I thought it would, it made me chuckle a little bit just because he was just being an a-hole, trying to do the British accent and all types of stuff a couple of times. But uh, I didn't agree with what he was saying. Just because you make more than someone or it is, you assume you make more than someone doesn't mean you can't learn something from those that person. So I didn't quite agree with that. But this isn't the first time he said that he actually did that. And another interviewer, I believe it was Yahoo, and he was talking about the people in Gap and why he wouldn't listen to any of them. 
because he has more money. Typical obnoxiousness um, abounds in this situation. Yeah, and he believes it. And I mean, he doesn't sound any different, honestly, than some of the other people we already brought up. So like Trump, Elon Musk, he says a lot of stuff that affect a lot of things. I'll never forget when I was in, I was doing a stock market challenge with my Facebook group. And with that, you get money and you can invest in whatever you want. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna do Tesla, right? Here come Elon with his Twitter fingers (laughs) saying something outrageous on Twitter. And so then it made the stock price go down. And so it's like these people hold a lot of power, but their worldview is really skewed, in my opinion. But they hold a lot of power in their hands. And it's just because of the influence. People think that they are making a ton of money and doing well for themselves or what have you. But like I said, not seeing the back end of things. Oh, no. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, it's interesting you you brought up Elon, but I think he's the best example of just like recently with the whole trying in the process of buying Twitter thing. But that all started with a tweet that we think is in his character from as people who follow him on social media. But for me, when I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's joking, all that type of stuff. I was more impressed with the fact that I'm like, social media has gotten this influential. Twitter is this influential that he tweeted about buying the platform. And then within 48 hours, Twitter had their feedback of, oh, we're not considering any deals or anything. And then 48 hours from that, oh, we're going to do the deal with them. Now, granted, there's logistics and other things that happened as that story played out and still is playing out now. But just the fact that hey you have that much influence in a platform or the platform has garnered you that much influence that you can make a pretty bold move that affects a sector of the economy yeah but if i remember correctly also line was accumulated shares of twitter so it wasn't just like he's a casual tweeter He's an actual investor as well. So that's why part of that happened so swiftly and so quickly. And obviously he's Elon and he's got the money to do it. All right. And I mean, just to add on to that. So if he's an investor, okay, so this is a good learning opportunity. Okay. <laughs> because if he's an investor, he made this big announcement. Oh, I'm going to buy Twitter at such and such per share, blah, 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 blah. He knows that it's going to make the price go up. Right. And so now, as an investor, he's reaping the benefits of what he said on a tweet. And even if he goes through with it or not, it's already did what it was supposed to do. And that's what I be telling. And of course, I must spend this to personal finance because that's what I do. But <laughs> that's what I be telling people like about all the hype. So when everybody was telling people to invest in, what was it? Your name it, Penny Stocks, Enable, Dogecoin. <laughs> oh, it's a whole list. The it's a whole stock. Yeah, yeah, like seriously. It's um, a whole list, but what was the real AMC? Oh, uh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. AMC, AMC bet, bet Yeah. Meme stocks. Yep. Yeah. And see, yeah. <laughs> With that, like, I was in people's comments, like, all right, y'all, I'm glad you're thinking about investing, but be careful, be careful. And then people was calling me a hater. I don't want to see people succeed, blah, 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 blah. And then lo and behold, like I called it, like as soon as the people that started the trend started pulling their money out and things start dropping, now all of a sudden it's an issue. But it's that's part of the problem with all of this media and influencers and stuff. I just read an article the other day. What celebrity was it? Not Kim Kardashian, but it was somebody where they were being sued because. Yeah, it was her. It was her? <laughs> Probably. Oh, okay. She didn't get fined, yeah. Yeah, it was know, getting she fined. didn't disclose because she promoted some crypto. Yeah, something about crypto. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, see, people are using their face to get this stuff done, but and people are falling for it just because the face is on it, but not really doing their homework to understand why or how or what's going on. I remember my brother, 
he was about to invest in some crypto something. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm on a call. And this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just be careful. And like you, like I said, I'm a hater. But, but I'm just like, just be careful. Do your research, y'all, for real. Because it's very important to know how investments work. I follow Warren Buffett's philosophy where if I don't understand it, I don't invest in it, period. I don't quite understand crypto. I'm like, how does it, like, where's the inline for crypto? And like, do people just go mine it forever? And then it just, it's just more and more. I just don't understand it thoroughly enough for me to invest in it. But anyway, Ronnie. Yeah. So speaking to the influence of social media, I guess it's a gift and a curse, right? So we started talking about how they can promote memes, stocks and meme coins and things like that. And how you'll have people like I have family members asking me about certain things. I'm like, you've never <laughs> invested a day in your life outside of your 401k. What are you doing asking me about this? It's kind of dangerous, right? Because then they start to put their hard-earned money into this stuff, and then it goes bad. So that's one of the things we also got to fight against is misinformation and people that's getting caught up with this stuff. That just speaks to the influence of social media, and I guess that's part of our job as well, unfortunately, just because we're in the space. So not only do we have to give the right information, but we got to fight against the misinformation. So it's a tough task. It sure is, because it's hot out here. I'm glad you mentioned that too, Ronnie, because in my experience as a stockbroker, the behavior I saw at GameStop and AMC was the same thing you saw with penny stocks. So it was just like a trip down memory lane. And I'm seeing all this excitement on social media. And I'm like, people need to be careful. They start flagging the stock and you call up your broker and they, they won't let you trade it. It's like, these are all signs that like something is up and it's a bad deal. We have something we call it the odd lot theory. <laughs> It basically says that when smaller investors start to step in and everybody and their mama know about an investment, it's not a good deal. All the professional traders, all the people with real money, they start walking away from the deal. And then the people who are who have smaller money are left holding the bag, basically. And it's very common, especially with penny stocks. It just happened with GameStop and AMC. It's just, it's a wonder that it, it even got that far, but Reddit drove a lot of that. And unfortunately people weren't, they weren't primed to be in that environment. They, didn't, they weren't ready to just see the dollar sign, the influence on social media, steer people in the wrong way, unfortunately. And we have what we have, but it is part of our duty. I, I agree. So real quick, y'all, rock out my knees. So we are at 9.48. We have... Oh my gosh, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad I'm on mute right now. <laughs> Wait a minute, Rocket, what's the time check? No, but seriously, though, they say when you're investing, right, if it's already on the incline, you're now buying it high and you might have to sell it low. For instance, with Warren Buffett, he does fundamental analysis. There's technical analysis if you want to do that side of things. But my thing is, know what you're investing in and don't just go with the hype because it can get you in trouble. That's for sure, for sure. So I don't know whether you do fundamental or technical or whatever type of analysis you want to do, just analyze <laughs> before you jump in versus just going with what everybody says. Cause financially intentional say, I'm gonna just call you that. But just like he said, institutional investors, when they see everybody jumping in, they jumping out because it's just become too sensationalized, like we've been talking about all night. Anywho, any other thoughts on this topic? Oh, man, I got a bunch, but I know Rockham's going to give me another time check, so we got that much time. <laughs> but um, with all of this said, I know I bring a lot of smoke with a lot of these folks. I would be remiss if I didn't say that the ultimate onus is on the end user and the consumer. And a lot of them are not doing their due diligence, as you just said, Tiffany. And Malawi, I hope I'm saying your name right, brother. Like, that's so important. And I feel as quote-unquote influencers, and I don't even like that term, that ultimately we all should be oppressing upon people to do their research, to do their studies to don't just take our words for it 
but to do their own due diligence and their own research. So I used to hate I used to hate compliance when I was institutional and when I was a financial advisor because I thought they were like the devil. But I'm actually now very appreciative for compliance because past performance is not an indicator of future results. That's so beating my head. It's crazy, but it's so real that just because something is up now doesn't mean it's going to stay up. And just understanding the rhythm and the technical side of the markets, it's very important. Understanding the fundamentals of any financial endeavor you go into is very important. And so like you, Tiffany, I, I rock with Warren Buffett, right? Because he's never selling anything. He's really trying to educate. And if you don't understand the thing and you get into it and you make some money, you got lucky. But nobody ever said that. But if you understand it, it won't be luck. It'll be your skill and your knowledge that help you to make money. Last thing I'll say is I'm seeing a lot of people complaining that they can't make any money in the market now. (laughs) Because everybody makes money at a ballpark. And so you had all these social media folks saying, get into crypto, get into stocks, become a trader. And they didn't realize that we were nearing the end. We were nearing the end of a cycle. And the Fed steps in and did what they did and everything else was happening. But if you're really about that life, you should be able to make money in any market. Or at least understand that your time horizon doesn't need you to panic and sell everything right now. Because you're not going to need this money for another 20, 30 years. Amen and amen. Uh, that is so true. And I just wanted, since you brought up clients, I'm glad you did. I want to go ahead and make a disclaimer real quick. Nothing you heard here tonight is investment advice. It's for educational entertainment purposes only. So please use it as such. Past performance does not indicate future performance. <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. When you mentioned compliance, I said, ooh, we were talking about investments. Let's go ahead and say that. But go ahead. Not, I don't know if Kamari had finished his thought, but I will say I'm with you. I'm very interested in every day that we live through right now with what's going on with the economy because the best part that even though it seems scary, it's a lot uncertain. Yeah, from, from the education that we've all had and have taught each other and the books we've read, we're confident in past performance and, oh, it's going to come back. And you're right. But for me, this is like my first true down market watching, being able to watch and pay attention to all the decisions, like actively seeing people pull out their 401ks. I'm actively seeing what this economy, the twists and turns that it's forcing people to make decisions and also seeing the other side of things of people who, Hey, they were ultra confident two years ago about this is going to make me money. And this is how you're going to get ahead of you're going to be light speed. And all that noise is just quiet. I haven't seen anyone be brave enough to talk about something outside of index and blue trip stocks and the people who were loudest, they quieted down. I say all that to say because the experience is what helps us go through what undoubtedly some of us on the call, we range from what, 25 through 40. So we'll see another down market. But in that that event, it'll really be talking experience, be like, hey, we saw this in 2022. We saw this, really, it's been rocky since 2020, but progressively gotten better. The economy isn't where it was in 2020, but at the same time, that experience piece that you'll speak a little bit differently than when you just were going off the book knowledge. To me, because in 2008, I was pledging. It was a recession and I knew it was hard, but I didn't know I had factors, economic factors working against my financial success at that time. Of course, going back to what we were talking about earlier, people only want you to know about their highlight reels. So, of course, it's going to be when everything is good, you're going to hear everybody talking about, oh, I'm up 10%, I'm up 20%, I'm up 100%, whatever. Then when things aren't as good, they're not going to talk about it because they don't want people to know that they're losing. But I don't know. Personally, I'm like, yeah, my portfolio is in the red, but so is 
probably everybody else's for the most part. But like Kamari was saying, if you've been doing this for a while, you know that there's cycles and maybe I'm not losing as much as someone that doesn't know anything. You get what I'm saying? Anyway, there's ways to hedge against things. But anyway, I want to go to Kamari. So Jonathan, I think you make an excellent point, right? Especially in this whole Reddit meme stock environment that we're in right now. A lot of folks haven't seen or know anything different than a bull market. And I know a lot of times people say I'm like people's dad out here because I'm always paternalistic because I talk a lot about cash and asset allocation. And nobody wants to hear that because it's not sexy. I lived through the crash in 2000. Then I lived through 9-11. I lived through the crazy period of 07, 08, 09. And then what was it, 2011 and 12. And then we had another down year in like 2018 or something like that. But I've seen all those different environments. And so it definitely helps to shape my perspective. And yeah, it's wicked out here, but I do believe it's just part for the course in this market cycle that we're in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when you're ready to retire, Jonathan, you'll be okay. As long as you have a decent asset allocation, you should be all right. But I've been getting calls about pulling money out of 401ks. I've been getting calls about pulling money out of annuities, which is really scary. And again, people are panicking. And the one thing I learned through the downturn in 08 and 09 is that in the financial services industry, they had what's called risk tolerance. And you're supposed to fill out a risk tolerance form. And so what I learned is that the market will guide a person's risk tolerance because people are either fearful or greedy, one or the other. And so if the market is up, they're like, yeah, let it all ride. Let's throw it all in. As soon as the market falls, they're like, oh, I just want to go to cash because I don't know what the hell's going on. And so that's why I started talking to people more about when do they need the money more and then trying to help them understand market cycles. Even though I really feel like if you're not really a nerd and really into it, I feel like it's for not. It doesn't matter because, you know, you talk to them one, one ear in, one, one in ear out the other, and people really aren't dedicated to being money masters not just financially literal money masters, they don't really care, sadly. That's so true. I just wanted to hit on, because, of course, I'm an educator (laughs) to personal finance education. So risk tolerance is how much you can tolerate risk. So usually they ask you questions like, oh, if you had $100 invested and you lose 50% of it, how do you feel type conversation? And then there's something called risk capacity, which is how much can you afford to lose? And so I did a whole video on that years ago when I was talking about stock market basics, but it's important to know what your risk tolerance and your risk capacity is before you start investing, If especially if it's outside of just the employer-sponsored plan. Just know what you're getting into and what you can make. So that way, when times like this happen, because if you think about it, if you start pulling your money out now, you're selling it low because the market is already at a low. So now you have bought it high and you sold it low. And that's the opposite of what you're trying to do. Now, of course, people that are retiring, that's who I feel bad for because they don't have a choice. (laughs) Like this is they're withdrawing their money because they have retired or they're getting ready to retire or whatever. And so they don't have a choice to leave it in. But if you're young and you're starting to panic or what have you, Try to hold hold tight. <laughs> Try to hold tight because you don't want to sell it at this time when the prices are like the lowest they've been in a long time. So anyway, that's my two cents on that. Now's the time to buy. Exactly. Precisely. Uh, I've been 100%. Buying here lately because things are super low, like stuff that I yeah. never thought I would be able to buy into. I'm like, ooh, like now I can actually buy some. Google. <laughs> Google and all this stuff, but like you said, to the counts are down. But the thing that I've been looking at is how much more do I own now than I did two, I don't know, three, four months ago. <laughs> and what is that value going to look like? Yeah, but I would say this too, right? With the advent of fractional shares, like we can buy anything we want at this point. We don't, we don't have to so much worry about buying the whole share anymore. So 
If you want to buy Google, if you want to buy Berkshire Hathaway, if you want to buy Amazon, have at it. Have at it. Yeah, but even with, yes, I agree with you. Yes, for sure. Even with fractional shares, now you're buying even more fractions. <laughs> to me, it's, I don't know. Now is the time to really buy if you can, if it fits into your risk tolerance, risk capacity and stuff like that. I've been doing a lot of, which I always do, like mutual funds and ETFs and things like that. But now I'm taking this opportunity to start getting more into dividends because that's something I had never paid attention to. But now I'm putting a little more emphasis on that. Anyway. Now's the time to try different things, in my opinion. <laughs> and if you have the, if you want to, like you said, not everybody's a nerd. Like most of us in here, so. Yeah, I'll just say that this last part though, right? Whichever way you want to go with it, I think the most important thing is just to be consistent and invest often. So dollar cost averaging works. It works. Yes, I like just put a little bit in at a time over time and things will even out anyway so that's what I do I know like right now I can only do a tiny bit so I think I do $25 in my Roth every month but something is better than nothing and once you do that automatic putting it in there then make sure you also go in there and invest it in something because if you just deposit the money it's not really working for you until you give it a place to go so just keep that in mind too because I've had people ask me that oh I'm doing that and then we look at their account and <laughs> I'm like oh this is like in a money market so it's not really doing too much right now so just make sure you go in there and actually invest it in something any other thoughts before we wrap up on these topics uh, you guys hit everything on the head one thing I just wanted to say too is that when you talk about investing too, especially with anyone, I, I always tell people the, the first thing you talk about is the risk. So I'm glad you mentioned the risk tolerance and the risk capacity because that's the, the whole conversation. And you know who you're dealing with. If you can understand that the stock may go down 20% if they're okay with that, if they're not. And, and then another thing, just to touch on what Jonathan was saying, is like I think a lot of people heard that that quote from Mike Tyson. It's like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And some people are getting punched in the face right now. It's not fun. Like Kamar saying, sometimes you get conditioned for this. Experience is uh, the best teacher at times, but it's always learning from other people's experience. So, <laughs> thank you all. Absolutely. And investing is like how I tell people businesses, keep your emotions out of it. <laughs> so like when it comes to business, keep your emotions out. When it comes to investing, keep your emotions out. That's the way you can make the best decisions in both situations. A lot of times people get their emotions too attached to what they have going on and then it causes them to not make the best decisions. So just keep that little tidbit in mind. Keep the emotions out and you should be okay. So with that being said, I guess we'll wrap up. Rakim didn't tell us that we was acting okay. Yeah, he's slacking. He's yeah, slacking on his responsibilities. Go, go ahead and go ahead. So I was like, I, I, I said five minutes at the end of my spiel just to subliminally <laughs> speak it. Rakim, don't say it. But anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for coming on and having this very lively conversation. This was good as always. And everybody in here, make sure that you're following everyone. If you're listening on the podcast, you can come join us every Monday at 9 p.m. on Twitter. We host this space just for Black Money Talk. And as you can see, we talk about some everything. So thank you so much, everybody. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>